Welcome to Flipping Real Estate Like the Pros. Here you'll learn everything you need to know to be a successful real estate entrepreneur and achieve the financial freedom you've always wanted. There's no BS, no fluff, there's zero guru talk, just real real estate flipping knowledge. Here's your host, Greg Simpson. What is up, Alliance? Thanks for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. I have one of the best guests you'll ever hear on a podcast with me today. With me today, I have Tracy Kaywood from The Property Mob. Tracy is a mentor of mine. I have been part of her Property Mob for, gosh, about three and a half years now, I want to say. And it has been the one thing that probably was the biggest game changer in my real estate investing career. Uh, Tracy is a rock star in this business. And so I wanted to bring her on because she will provide you guys with some of the best knowledge that you could ever ask for in approximately a 30 to 40 minute podcast. So Tracy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for that warm introduction. I appreciate it. Of course. Tracy, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you kind of do with your, uh, your free time. My free time. Oh my goodness. You have free time? I do. I have a lot of free time. Um, all right. So I'm from uh, Jacksonville, Florida, which I like to call Freakville because there's a lot of freaky people in Jacksonville. And if you don't believe me, just ride through here one day or check out some <laughs> videos. It's really freaky. But so we call it Freakville. Um, been here my whole life. So I'm kind of weird because I'm not a, a transplant or a snowbird. I'm actually a native of Florida. Mm, uh, me too. Love it. I love it a little bit more because I just went to West Virginia and experienced snow and a blizzard for the first time in my life last week. Uh, so I came back and was like, wow, I really thought I didn't like the heat, but it's actually pretty nice. So I've been a, a real estate wholesaler and, and I've, I, I've kind of diversified in all of the areas of real estate investing, but wholesaling is definitely my niche and where I focus 90% of uh, all of my efforts and started in that uh, about, let's say, 19 years ago. So been been active for 19 years. Awesome. 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 So tell me, tell us a little bit about your personal life. You know, you're married. You you know, I know you have some kids. Tell us a little bit about your family life. Yep. I'm married. Uh, my husband is also my business partner. So we got started in this business together. Uh, you know, we both decided that the nine to five grind uh, was not for us. And we were very young when we, well, not very young, but you know, it was uh, early twenties when we met and just wanted to really just, it's crazy story. We really just wanted to spend all of our time together and not go to work. Uh, <laughs> I know the feeling. I know. I know. It's crazy. And uh, so, you know, we started looking for ways to be able to do that, to accomplish that. And, you know, I had no idea where that was going to take us. So we'll probably get to that later, but we also have two kids, um, Derek, who is uh, 23, um, what served four years in the military, did a little bit of real estate. Uh, you know, he's off venturing with some other stuff right now. Um, he probably will come back to real estate eventually when he matures a little bit more. And uh, my daughter is 17, a senior in high school. And she actually works for Property Mob, so she does, you know, all of our marketing and Facebook ads and email stuff. So uh, we have very close family, 
very different from most people. And free time, uh, I have a lot of free time because my business is automated. So uh, I'm sure we'll get to talk about that too. Most definitely. Uh, but, you know, I really, you know, once we established ourselves as wholesalers in the city, we started focusing on automating the business so that we could, you know, I thought I just wanted free time to do whatever I wanted. But really, once you have free time, you have to find something else to do if you're an entrepreneur because you don't really just don't want to sit around all day and watch soap operas. That's not why you want free time. I, I mean, at least not for me. I wanted free time to be able to do other things, you know, and venture in other uh, business opportunities and, and just, you know, find other things to do. And to be quite honest, after wholesaling for, you know, X number of years, it kind of becomes very redundant and, you know, it's not so much of a challenge anymore as it is in the beginning when you just really are just trying to get validation and seek out that first deal and get your checks and see how much money you could make. Uh, you know, after you've done three or 400 of those, you say, I don't, well, people are doing it a lot sooner now, but you know, that's about how many it took for me to say, you know what, I don't, I don't really want to do this part of it anymore. Actually being out in the field and looking at these dirty, stinky, smelly houses and dealing with these sellers and, uh, so, you know, that's when we really started shifting our focus to having other people do it for us, but still being able to uh, generate the same amount of income or, you know, we've actually make more now that it's automated than we did when we were doing it all ourselves. That's absolutely true. So you've got a lot of free time. What what are those hobbies that you, you and Dan do? Um, well, we do a lot of pleasurable physical activities and it's not what you think <laughs> so we did <laughs> i use that term because uh my daughter who's 17 nobody's 17 likes to exercise and work out and and she's reading a book that the school made her uh, not made her but you know suggested her to read about nutrition and um exercise and that's the words they use so pleasurable physical activity instead of uh, exercise so that's what i call it now so we you know we go to the gym every day okay we really we really like to do that um, I am actually starting a new business venture with Mallory. Once she graduates, we are opening a, a brick and mortar business here in Jacksonville. I do DIYs out the yang. I, I love to, you know, go to estate sales and yard sales. That's my, my weekend kind of hobby thing is reconstructing old vintage pieces into, uh, you know, modern stuff. And I'm a big vintage fan. I like vintage. Everything, vintage posters, vintage furniture, vintage pieces. I don't like anything brand new. So, you know, that's probably my biggest thing I'm into is vintage. I'm a super big cat lover, but I only have two, so I'm not crazy <laughs> yet. Not yet. I have two Maine Coons that are just, I love them. They're awesome. That's actually the business that me and Mallory are opening is a cat cafe locally here in Jacksonville. It'll be half adoption center, half cats. And then my husband, you know, he's big into um, cars, vintage and antique cars. So we've got a 1980 Trans Am. He's got a 1982 Chevy C10 truck that he likes. So, you know, we each have our own thing that we do uh, that we're you know, pretty obsessed about. Good stuff. So you said when you and Dan met that you were trying to look for something to do. How, how did you guys get introduced to real estate investing? Well, <laughs> We went through some trials and tribulations um, in the beginning, just trying to find a way to work at home. That's really the phrase, the catchphrase that got us going was, 
work at home. You know, that's, that's kind of what draws everybody in right. to real estate, I think, is being able to say goodbye to the boss and tell him to shove it and work for yourself. Well, it's not as easy as it sounds, but, uh, so we tried a couple of things like, uh, building earrings at home where they send you the little kits and you put together earrings and you, they pay you 50 cent per pair. Um, I left work early that day and so did Dan. He actually worked at a restaurant and I worked at, um, Aetna doing billing reconciliation. So Fortune 500 company, pantyhose and the whole, the whole schmeal, mm, which is totally, which is totally not me. No, I don't definitely wear, not. I, I do not wear clothes like that. I'm a jeans and t-shirt person. Never got a pair of earrings together. Very frustrating. So we never made 50 cent from one pair of earrings. <laughs> we tried, we tried to do some chain letters. You know, this was back in the, uh, 90s where you still had newspapers and like crazy little ads that had work at home and bold. And then you, you know, sent in a dollar and they'd send you a little kit on how to make money. That kind of stuff. We tried a couple of different things. Well, one night we saw an infomercial with everybody knows him, Carlton Sheets, um, doing the no money down course, you know, that you could buy, uh, from TV, late night TV stuff. And we're like, wow, this might be, this might be it. Uh, we didn't have $199 to even buy the course. So we asked Dan's mom, my mother-in-law to get it for us for Christmas. She did. It came in the mail. We started studying it. It was way over our heads, owner financing. <laughs> Is, you know, we had no idea what he was talking about, uh, but we made an attempt at it, uh, you know, made the phone calls to the for sub by owners and stuff like he suggested, and we just couldn't get it. I mean, we just did not understand real estate and, and how this whole thing fit together, but kind of felt like real estate was legitimate compared to everything else that we had been trying. Um, and then Dan found um, a little ad in a newspaper for this. $69 course on wholesaling from Kevin Myers, and he ordered that, came in the mail. It was super simple to understand. It had step-by-step instructions. We read the whole thing cover to cover. It was only about 100 pages. Um, took action, started implementing what was in there, and didn't know what we were doing yet. But uh, after about 90 days, and we weren't going to give up. I mean, we didn't give up on anything except the earrings. Uh, after about 90 days, we closed our first wholesale deal, made $1,200 um, on a duplex in one of the worst neighborhoods here in Jacksonville. And, but we got validation that day that this worked after, you know, the struggle of generating the leads and having the money to send out the postcards that we needed to. The right person finally called. We closed the deal and, you know, went through our first validation process. We both quit our jobs after that, uh, which wasn't the best idea. But, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I'd probably do it again because it really pushed us to, you know, make it work no matter what. We didn't have any fallback income. So we did struggle for a couple of years. We really didn't have, you know, the Internet and groups and, you know, virtual courses like we have now. So our money to go to seminars. I mean, you know, we were kind of just talking to people and going to the RIAs and trying to figure out how to make this business happen and make the most amount of money. So I think the first year we made like twelve or thirteen thousand um, dollars wholesaling. And you know, it progressed every year. We started making more and more and more and more. And you know, eventually we just maybe after two years said this is all we ever have to do. We just need, you know, we've got this now. We have 
20 something, 25 deals under our belt. And this is awesome. We can, we can do this for the rest of our life. Real estate isn't going anywhere. So, and neither is this process. So we can, you know, just get better at this, sharpen our skills and never have to work again a day in our life for anybody. That's amazing. <laughs> talk yeah, about, talk about cool. a little bit of a journey, huh? Yeah, 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 for sure. So tell us a little bit about that first deal and how how did you find it? You said you sent some direct mail? We did. Um, somebody at our RIA, uh, which is a great place to network, especially if you're new, um, you know, the people there will help you, you know, navigate your way through this business. There's so many avenues you can take. You know, wholesaling is just one of them. So, you know, talking to people, somebody mentioned us, we should be mailing to code violations and then we could get the list, you know, downtown for free. Didn't cost anything. So we went down and got our list, thousands of names on this list. Um, so we had to sit down and cross-reference, look up the owner, find the mailing address. We put them all in a spreadsheet and then did a mail merge and printed them out on four by six index cards. Like we didn't even have postcard mm. online, online postcard services weren't <laughs> even around then. You couldn't upload a list and, and send any mail out, but we printed them on index cards. And it was $0.27 cent to mail a postcard back then. Maybe in 23 or 24. So, you know, we mailed out as many as we could with the money that we had. And it wasn't very much. I mean, we didn't have very much money. So every little dollar, every extra dollar that we had, that's what we did with it. We did not eat out. We did not. There was, Starbucks was, you know, I don't even think was around then. I don't even know. That's what we spent any extra money on was getting those postcards out because, Kevin Myers said, this is the only way to make it work. You have to have people calling you that want to sell their house and learn the definition of motivation. That's still um, and today, sure right? enough, uh, the co- it absolutely 100%. That's really what keeps you moving in this business is lead generation. It, that list is probably still today one of the best lists that you can get because, you know, code violations – these people are just, you know, out of money and kind of at wit's end and they can't maintain their house. And when they get an offer to to buy it from someone for cash, um, you know, it's they're just good leads. It takes a lot of legwork to build that list, though. You know, it's not something you can just go buy and download. So that's probably why a lot of people don't use it. But You're definitely right about anyway. that. We, we pull ours as well. Um, every month we pull the previous months. Uh, we do the same thing. We mail merge and we actually do that in-house in our business and it is very tedious. I have a virtual assistant that goes out there and scrapes that data and puts it in a spreadsheet. And then I have Mm -hmm. my executive assistant slash office manager. He actually then will handwrite and do all the letters and postcard or we don't do postcards. He'll do all the letters and send them out in the mail. And um, so Alliance, if you, if you didn't pick up on that, two of the most successful people in their markets are using code violation lists. Maybe you Mm -hmm, should mm -hmm. too. Yeah, and what, you know what I say about mailing lists is the harder it is to get the list, the mm-hmm. better the leads are because nobody's willing to do the work to get this these leads, uh, you know, together. So I love code violation lists. Anything that takes a little bit of work, those are the ones I'm after because people just don't want to work. And the and virtual assistants will do it for you, so you don't have to worry about even doing it. Okay, so we got the um, you know, got a lead on a probate. So, you know, we had two motivations in one list. This was actually a probate deal that came from code violations and agreed on a price of $13,000. 
on this duplex concrete block. Told you not not the best neighborhood in Jacksonville. Uh, it had mold and needed a roof, had a tarp on it, and you know the whole nine yards vacant. Um, and we sold it, made twelve hundred dollars. We didn't even know how to price it. You know, we just <laughs> wanted to make we wanted to make some money. We didn't know how to pull comps back. You know, first deal. We didn't know what we were doing and how to even. We just said, you know, maybe we can make twelve hundred dollars. Let's just see if we can. And it was an easy sale. I think we, you know, we sold it, put it up, put in bandit signs out, just like they told us to do. Uh, that's, you know, how we sold everything for the first few years is put bandit signs out. Investor special, cheat, cash. Here's my number. Call me. Um, and, you know, we closed uh, that one. We had to wait a little bit to close because it was in probate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had to wait to get our check. And so it was a good buffer, you know, good, good little buffer to ex- what you can expect when you're wholesaling houses, the wait for probate. And, you know, that was, that was, that was about validation. Uh, the validation check is the best check, no matter how big or how small it is. Yeah, our good buddy Ron Legrand, he, uh, his favorite thing is, he calls it the shut up check. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I've yeah. heard that in a while. The shut up check. Yeah, shut yeah. up. I remember my brother, we, when we told him, you know, we were getting into the real estate business. Uh, he's older than me. He's like six years older. Kind of cocky. If you, if that doesn't surprise you. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he's like, hey, y'all call me when you're driving a Mercedes. Well, we never have bought a Mercedes. I don't like Mercedes, but I just remember that. And uh, I'll never forget him saying that, like kind of laughing, you know, because we were going to get in the real estate business. And, and we're like, well, maybe we should call him with our shut up check. And what happened a few years later, he was like, can y'all, can you guys like hook me up and show me how to do that? <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, he, you know, it doesn't work for everybody, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, Tracy, tell us a little bit about a, a, a time in your real estate business that you and Dan were going through a rough patch. And then how did you get out of that rut? Because I think we all struggle with that at some point in our careers where maybe we go a few months and we don't have a deal. What, what was like, what was that like for you? Oh my goodness. We've been through, you know, several rough patches, but the hardest has to be in the beginning where you want to give up uh, because you're not making the money that all these people are talking about. um, And maybe you don't have enough money to do the marketing. That's really a rough time when you're first starting out and you need some, you need that shut up check for yourself. That that's really hard to get through. And, you know, maybe not just the first deal, but you know, the first 10, just, the struggle of keeping it going. Uh, I, I know that, you know, not having a system in the beginning of the career definitely was a roller coaster ride because we had no idea about money management, no idea what we needed to, to spend on marketing, no idea of just how to do this. We just knew we needed to mail postcards. So not having money is probably the biggest struggle I think for anybody uh, and thinking that you can do this business without a marketing budget it's virtually impossible in my opinion I know people do it but man to sustain that business for a long time you have to have money you got to budget and set aside so we didn't do that for many years (laughs) when we started I mean and I'm talking you know maybe five to eight years we just would get our money from a closing and spend it. We'd spend it. 
we would go shopping and buy clothes and buy cars and get car payments and just go hog wild because we were still young and never had money before. I mean, I grew up very poor. My mom, parents didn't have money. Dan's also. So we had money. This was fun. I mean, you know, we were still partying age. We would just spend and buy stuff that we didn't need. And when it came time, you know, came time to take another look at ourselves and, you know, we'd be like, holy shit, we're out of money. We need, an- we need another deal. What are we going to do? We spent all our money and now we have to market again. And we would wait until one deal closed and then we'd go after another one. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it was one at a time because we had no system. We had no money. I mean, we'd spend it all. It was just chaotic to try to manage a life like that. And so many times we'd be completely broke, negative bank accounts, just scraping for something to happen. You know, we'd sell, you know, pawn our stuff or sell a car or borrow money to do marketing. And luckily, I mean, back then it wasn't nearly as competitive. I think the internet has changed this business, um, Mm -hmm. just has brought in so many people you know, it would, it, we'd probably spend two or $300 back then to get a deal. Of course, you know, time value of money has changed too, but so we just needed a couple hundred dollars to get to the next deal. And that was hard because we didn't have it. We'd spend it all. So, you know, the, the biggest challenge for us was in the beginning, uh, managing the money and, and knowing that we needed more to do the next deal. Gotcha. Whew, I'm glad that's over. <laughs> that's over. So what was the key? I've got, I've okay. got, we've got it now. Gotcha. Go ahead. So what Sorry. Was the, it's all right. What was the key adjustment you and Dan made that catapulted your business to the next level? It had to have been Ron Grand. I give him credit for a lot of my success in this business. He's He's been, you know, the biggest influence in my career. Uh, Ron Grand's business management boot camp is really when the change happened. That was you know, a three-day seminar where we really, where we said we have to learn how to treat this like a true business and stop acting like fools, but we didn't know how to do that. So we went to his business management boot camp. It was nothing about fundamentals. It was all about management, and it was really an eye-opener. We started changing the way we thought about business. Now, you certainly can't, you know, leave one of those and, and you come home and your business has changed. It doesn't happen that way. It takes time to mold and shape and start start reorganizing your business so that was really the pivotal moment that was 2006 when that's when we started focusing more on doing more and working less that's really you know his thing is the less I do the more I make I didn't understand what he meant by that I knew he didn't like to do like minutiae as he calls it Mm-hmm. Um, now, now I know what he means. And there was no virtual assistance in 2006. <laughs> that was not what he talked about. He just meant hiring Pat Lives to answer your phone calls, um, hiring somebody to go look at the house. You know, he was all about time management and still being, you know, you can do more if you have an army. He calls them ants, you know, have ants out there finding deals for you and doing things for you. And you, you know, you have the knowledge. Now you just lead people in the right direction and have them, you know, work for you. 
So we started reshaping our business and restructuring the way we handled our money. Um, and, and that's really when things started changing for us. And it, it over in the last, we're in 11 years now, um, it could not be any better. Well, it could always be better. I take that back. But our system is very tight and it's, it's hard to find, you know, a hole in it right now. It's pretty tight and we've got, we've got it down. We could do more as far as volume is concerned. And we're working on, you know, always that's what we're, now that's what we work on. I mean, now our sole focus is scaling the business just to do more of what we're already doing in two markets. That's awesome. I mean, let's talk a little bit about the property mob before we get out of here today. So what is the property mob for our our alliance, Tracy? Okay, property mob, um, I started that in 2010. Um, I really just started as a blog to help people, new investors, because I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't have anywhere, any reliable resource, you know, that I could keep going back to and asking questions. I felt like I was bothering people and, you know, or didn't have the money to pay. So I started the blog as an information website, uh, just as a resource. And it is a great place to go if you're brand new or if you're experienced. I mean, uh, there's over 300 blog posts there, uh, all about wholesaling and, and business and automation and organization and strategies. And there's entertainment and all kinds of stuff on the blog. But I've also created a community of people who are really focused and honed in on being the best. We It's really being badass real estate investors. That's what the mob stands for, is the makers of badass investors. So we have a community of people that are all focused on being the best that they can be and want to learn really what's important in in the real estate business. And, you know, you can kind of tune out some of the garbage. You know? I, it's just one place where you can go to have a consistent message and probably find the answer to any question that you're looking for when it comes to wholesaling and running or managing your real estate wholesaling business. And that's exactly what got me interested in the mob several years ago was I, I'm a systems guy. I like to have things running on as much autopilot as possible. And that's exactly what your CRM did for me. It got me going. And like, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what processes I should take when I started wholesaling houses. I was like, well, what steps do I take? And then with all the automations you had set up where like a new lead comes in and all of a sudden there's like 10 tasks for, for me to do. And then eventually I hired one of your virtual assistants. Who took a much much of that or most of that stuff off of my plate, and by being part of the mob and part of your group, it totally changed the way I did business. And it, it honestly, Tracy, the the stuff that you put out is probably the best I see on a regular basis, and always keeps challenging people too. It's not it's not just a uh, a one and done type thing. It's it's you're always posting new content, always coming up with new stuff and how to automate and how to systemize your business. So I'm truly appreciative of everything that you do for us as mob members. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, the mob is really, um, it's really a place to go for automation. We, you know, we have, first we have a membership website. That's all the content that you could mm-hmm. ever want. Um, and then the CRM is for your management of your leads and your transactions. And then we offer virtual assistants that are pre-trained that already know the business that can help you, you know, get to the next level as well. So 
I, pre- I appreciate it. Absolutely. So one more thing um, about the, the mob. Tell us a little bit about the key. Oh, the key. That's, 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 that's my most favorite thing. Um, the key is a five-week automation implementation workshop that I teach myself. Um, it's, um, you get one of my pre-trained virtual assistants, and between myself, my personal assistant, Ezra, who is phenomenal, you as the investor and your new virtual assistant, we all work together to put everything in place to automate your business over the course of five weeks. So we go through, you know, starting with lead generation, uh, with sellers. I mean, everything that's part of wholesaling, the process of pre-screening, doing the contract, negotiating, closing coordinations, marketing the properties, offers, showing requests, everything that's part of, of getting a transaction closed from start to finish. That's what we uh, do for five weeks is automate it. So it's a, a program that teaches you everything you should be looking at in your business, how to micromanage your team. And then we actually bolt down all of the screws that are needed for you to be automated and teach you how to run your business on autopilot. That's good stuff because, you know, we have a quite a bit of a mix of our listeners. Some of them are brand new. They're just getting started. And I suggest if you are getting started, you probably shouldn't start off with the key. You want to get the basics, fundamentals down that Tracy offers with the mob, uh, basic membership, and then do a few deals and then move into the key. But we do have a bunch of people that listen that are looking to take the next step and go to take it to the next level. And the key for you guys is the key to automating your business. So uh, that stuff's all in the show notes, everybody. So if you're interested in that, both the membership and the key will be in the show notes. Um, all right, Tracy. So a couple rapid fire questions. What do you think is the most common mistakes newbies make when they start in this business? Not being consistent. I think I, I, I that's my, what was my biggest struggle for sure? Yeah. I, I think that they, you know, start out um, and, and try one thing and it just doesn't work and they get, um, disappointed or discouraged and try something else and it, that's not the best way to do it you know you have to be consistent with your plan because it does take you know 30 days is, is what a lot of people sell you on it's that's not realistic and to you know from just starting out to get to the closing table I, I say give it 90 days to get to the closing table if you're brand new and just be consistent if you really are committed to doing the business and you want to close deals and you want to close more than just one Start a plan, implement your plan, and stay consistent at it, and you will you will get there. I have to agree with, especially with when it comes to the actual direct mail aspect of this business. Yeah, um, I have had many students come through. They've taken our our wholesaling class, and they get all gung ho, and they they buy a list, or we buy one together, and they would send out the first batch of postcards, and we'd get quite a few calls, but we wouldn't get a deal, and that's yeah. that's pretty typical. And mm-hmm. I prepped them. I'm like, hey, it might take you three or four mailings before you actually get your first deal. And they're like, okay, yeah, sure, no problem. Yeah. Well, after that first mailer yeah. goes out and they spend $1,000 or more on a mailer and they don't <laughs> get a deal, they throw their hands up and they're like, this doesn't work. Yeah. And I'm like, no, yep, wait, yep. whoa, whoa. You just agreed yeah. last month that you would do at least commit to a three-month marketing campaign with us. Yep. And then they bail. And it's like that's, that's not how any business works, let alone this business. Yeah, and that that is the biggest mistake they make. I see them 
but posting on, you know, some of the groups, like, I mailed out 500 postcards. I didn't get a deal. What's going on? I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, 500, that's yeah. like, that's child's play. Yeah, that's not going to get you any. That might get you five phone calls. Right, and that might, that's, that's if you're lucky. Yeah, um, yeah. All right, so, Tracy, before we let you go, tell us about the craziest deal you ever did. <laughs> okay. One, well, this one, you know, it's pretty crazy, but uh, I never actually made this one to the closing table, but it's very crazy, the story. Uh, uh, I got a call from a seller who invited me to come see the house. It was just a few blocks away from where I live, and when I got there, he came, met me out in the driveway and with a gas mask, and he said, you're going to need this, oh, God. And, and, and I could already smell something that was very horrid it was it was awful and I have a nose like a beagle anyway it's, it's very absurd so I was like oh my gosh it's this this terrible so get, and Dan was with me and he has a weak stomach <laughs> uh, so he was not interested in going in this house but the seller said you're going to need this put this gas mask on and then he told me uh, why I needed it his brother's was his brother's house his brother was uh, a pharmacist and uh, worked, you know, as a pharmaceutical technician and had access to lots of pills. He was addicted to pills, probably the same kind Prince was. I don't know. They seem to be a rage right now. But he OD'd on pills, passed out in the bathtub, and died. And he was there for about a week in the middle of the summer before anybody discovered it. And it was the neighbor who discovered it. So they had already, they had actually, they had just removed the guy's body and had not cleaned like anything up and that's why we needed the gas mask so i actually have a facebook profile picture of that gas mask because it was i'll never forget it it was the most it was horrible the smell i've never smelled a dead you know body and the body was gone it was gone i mean he had been gone maybe for a day so it was still there and uh, we walked upstairs. He's like, "That's right there is where my brother died." And I was like, "I don't need to go in there. I don't. I don't want pictures or anything. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm good." It was like dark and cold and creepy, and uh, I ended up not getting that because it was a short sale, and you know he didn't want to do the short sale and stuff. So, but I'll never forget that. Um, and oh my gosh, there's I got like two other crazy ones. I'll try to make them quick because they're so bizarre. You you meet the weirdest people. When you're in the wholesaling business, I'm not kidding. I'm not being facetious. The people are so strange. Well, we met, and I love cats, remember? But we went to one house, and um, the two sisters came out of the house, and they just reeked of, like, cat urine. It was was really, really, really bad. And they acted like nothing was going on, like they smelled like, you know, gardenias. And uh, invited us to come up. They were smoking cigarettes and smelled like cat pee. And well, we went up to the house and I almost passed out from the cat urine they had. But when we got in the house, there was probably 30 or 40 cats running around just crazy, like feral, like all over the couches. And and there was no litter box anywhere in this house. And they were just peeing and pooping all over everything. (laughs) And the ammonia was so bad. My eyes were watering and it was bad. So we ended up buying that house and it was one of our best deals ever. You should love the smell of cat urine because <laughs> you're going to get good deals from cat urine. 
You're going to get good deals from that. And then I had one more that was very crazy where we went into a house. It was a probate deal, and the guy's mother um, died. He lived out of town. He was the only child. I don't think they got along very well. Um, but he discovered that she died. Well, she had a dog and living in the house with her, and she died in the house. And, yeah, well, the dog, he got hungry. <laughs> oh. I, hate, I, hate, <laughs> I hate to laugh, but it's so crazy that this this is truth. I, I can't make this up, man. This is serious. Uh, there's so many more. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not even the house that's crazy. It's always the people and the stories that go with it. I've driven to prisons before to get paperwork signed, like from somebody who owned the house. And I'm, I'm like, well, I guess we're going to have to make a trip out to the prison. And me and Dan drove like five hours to a prison to get closing documents signed. That was back, you know, before like they would do it by email or I don't know. So when you're in prison, you can't get email. So we've driven five hours to visit a prison to get closing documents signed. I've gotten free cars. That's pretty crazy. I've gotten a free car with like, 20,000 miles on it as part of a deal. That's crazy. That is crazy. Like, just ask for it, and they gave it to me. Like, I'll pay you a 1000 bucks more if you throw in the car. Okay. Put it in the contract. Wow. Okay. All I had to do, all I had to do was ask. Yeah, that's cool. So, you know, there's so many crazy. Dead, my, my son went in to do an inspection um, on a house, and the seller told him to go through the window. And he opened the window, and there was a naked woman, like, just sprawled out on the bed. And he well, right. went through the window, and there she was. And he said, I don't think you're supposed to be here. <laughs> and she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And, you know, ran and put some clothes on and ran out the door. And This is a crazy business. That's it's exciting. It's fun. That's crazy. That is That is great. So tell us, uh, as your parting shot, what's your favorite book of all time? doesn't have to be real estate related. Okay. And what book are you currently reading to improve your real estate business? Okay. Uh, my favorite book of all time is The Millionaire Next Door. Okay. It's probably my favorite of all time because I grew up with, uh, you know, my mother uh, and just broke mentality. Bad. Like, it must, people that had money were evil and greedy. You know, that kind of mentality. and can't run the air conditioner. We don't have any money and I don't have any money and no money, no money, no money. And, you know, reading the millionaire next door just made me think that it's okay to have money. It's okay to make a lot of money and we're not evil and greedy. We're just successful and life is better when you have money and you can do more things. So I really like the millionaire next door for, um, you know, concept wise thinking of money and how people perceive others that have money. I like that book. I like the four-hour work week, too. It's kind of hard because that kind of started me on the, you know, that's right at the same time I was really getting into automation. So Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week. So you knew those two books would come up. They're like everybody's favorite. Yep. Right now I'm reading Be Obsessed or Be Average by Grant mm -hmm. Cardone. It's not real estate uh, related. I kind of, you know, focus more on self-improvement all the time and, and, investing now more so than reading real estate books. So I think, you know, you got to have the right mindset personally before you can do any type of business venture and be successful at it. So, uh, you know, I just, I'm constantly striving to improve my thought process and stay motivated and, you know, stay focused. So that's really what kind of books I read right now. 
Yeah, that's I've actually just finished the Be Obsessed or Be Average by Grant Cardone for the second time. Oh wow, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. so good. Uh, yeah. All his stuff is great. All right, Tracy, thank you so much for coming on podcast with me today. I know we're all a bunch of busy professionals, so thanks for bringing amazing content to the Alliance and to all of our listeners out there. Again, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks, Greg. It was fun. I have, awesome. I have always have fun talking to you. So Absolutely. thank you again for having me. We'll see you next all right. time. Thanks, Tracy. All right. Bye-bye. You've just listened to another flipping real estate like the pros podcast. You're another step closer to fulfilling your dreams as a successful real estate entrepreneur. We'd like to thank you for putting your trust in us to be your guide into this exciting venture called real estate investing. For more information, visit our website at www.flippingrealestatelikethepros.com. Catch you on the flip side, Alliance.